The film basement is filmed in sunny West Hartford, Connecticut, in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Filmmaker's Basement, coming to you live on April Fool's Day. I'm Brandon. I'm Andrew. And we're going to be bringing you some of the movies we saw this week, in addition to playing a little game show later on. Um, and uh, Andrew, we were talking about this beforehand, but like you said, I'm going to be taking the plug for a uh, streaming service this week because mm-hmm. I, my movie I watched was on Disney plus, please sponsor us. Um, and the movie Not I enough. saw was turning red. So mainland is your average Asian Canadian child cursed with aggressive helicopter parent syndrome. However, when she wakes up one day as a literal giant red panda, Maylin's parents reveal to her her family has inherited this ability that she must learn to control in order to be rid of it and uh, cause a scene. In classic teenager fashion, Maylin ignores this and lives a secret life that allows her to explore who she is as a person and what her relationship really is with this ability. So, um, my thoughts on this movie overall were, this was definitely a very good movie, it definitely wasn't made for me as a white man, and I think that is entirely fine. <laughs> I think that's or really a, that's good. Or a grown adult. <laughs> well, not even that, because this is definitely focus this is definitely the story of an Asian American child living this kind of life. Um, and some of the things I'll talk about later kind of go deeper into that. However, I will say I did relate really a lot to the 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 growing up being a teenager, seeing as how that was me not too long ago. Hmm. So I, I actually see where this is coming from. And I also will admit, I liked the time period this was set in. This was set in uh, 2002, which was the time I was growing up and learning about the world. So that was real. That was really nice for me, seeing like this world that I knew as a kid being represented on screen. In a fashion that honestly stuck through, because stuck through for most of the 2000s, especially with things like... Um, all of the all Maitland and all her like girlfriends in this movie are really obsessed with this one boy band, Four Town, and of course they're like a trashy boy band, <laughs> very much your classic two thousands like garbage band. But it was nice to see those kind of touches in there. It really felt like somebody was writing a story from a time they had lived that I was also kind of experiencing, not what they were going through, but the general vibes of the time, which was cool. I'm um, also say I really like the style of this movie. Um, it it is your classic. It's your Pixar movie, so of course it has 3D animation. But they do take a lot of like almost anime elements and incorporate it into the 3D um into 3D world. Specifically, the one thing that I noticed quite a lot is that whenever they get really excited, their eyes go like go big, like anime eye big. <laughs> they start like sparkling, and it's like it's really fun. It's really fun and playful because and it works in this kind of setting. Um, I love yeah, and I love all that that stuff. There's definitely a lot of other anime-esque stuff that gets incorporated into the movie, references here and there, whatever. Not the main focus of it, but they were nice touches that I really liked. Um, I think what worked for me the best were the characters. Um, they were all really well fleshed out to the point where some of them definitely felt like people I knew. Um, and they also had all had decently good arcs. Um, Malin's a really good example of this. So she essentially starts off this movie as like this quiet, perfect young girl who's trying to live up to her mother's expectations. Her mother is like this aggressive helicopter parent, which from talking with some of my Asian American friends, they had very similar vibes of this growing up as well. This was like a kind of a universal experience of having a parent who's too like into your life and controlling Mm. everything you do. You say helicopter parent. What? what? Yeah. What is that? 
it's like a parent who is always over their child monitoring every single thing they do. A good example okay. of this is um early on in the movie, Malin gets kind of obsessed with this boy. It's just kind of like a, one of those, you know, teenager crush things. Um, and she starts doodling him in her notebook. Mom intrudes, um, trying to offer her food, which is something I'll get to in a second. And she finds this notebook. And instead of, you know, doing the normal parent thing, doing a normal thing and talking with their child about this, she rushes down to the convenience store where this boy is working and starts, like, harassing him and telling him, leave my daughter alone. What the hell is wrong with you? You're a 17-year-old boy talking to a 13-year-old. Keep in mind, this boy has no idea any of this is happening. She, he doesn't mm-hmm. know this person. He doesn't know Malin at all. And then she puts his her drawings right in front of him, being like, is this you? Are you in here? And you're just sitting there like, I want to die. I want to die with her because oh, this Lord. is the worst thing I've ever seen. But you can tell me, and I'll get into her Ming Li, her mom's like whole deal later on. But she's mm-hmm. doing this from a place of love. Like, this isn't like... This isn't like what's what's a word for it. Um, this isn't like she's trying to do it to ruin her daughter's life. She's trying to do her best to raise this kid, mm-hmm. but it is clearly too much, and she is the overbearing parent in this situation. So that's where Maylin starts, and then when she gets this ability that allows her to turn to a big red panda, she becomes more adventurous. She really starts exploring who she is as a person. Like, why does she listen to her parents the way she does? Why doesn't she just kind of do her own thing when she thinks she knows what she's doing? And just, like, trying to become her own person that isn't her mother. Because that's something you can really tell from her early on, is that her mom is almost raising her to be her. Not exactly to live her exact life, but to almost be very similar to her. Mm -hmm. And that's also something that comes up with Ming Li's character later on. But then Maylin gets the chance to actually explore this and kind of really figure out who she is as a person. Which... Is good because I feel that's kind of where you're at as like an early teen. You're trying to figure out you're someone who is starting to get introduced to the world of being an adult, but you're still very much a child. So it's like exploring that area, which I liked, and I thought they did a very good job of that. I will also admit, um, Malin was entirely like cringy and annoying, like a cringy and annoying teen. Which I did get on my nerves a little bit until I realized that's what we all were like when we were like young teenagers. We were all annoying and cringy. We just didn't really realize it. Mm-hmm. And to a degree, Malin is really being herself. So I think it ends up being a little more, what's the word? It grows on you a little bit as you watch the movie. Um, so then we get to Ming Li, which is the other character I liked a lot. But keep in mind, all the characters were really good in this movie. I just think Ming, these two are probably the most important ones to talk about. So, like I said, she's that overbearing parent, but she's really a mother trying to do her best. Like, she just wants to give Malin everything she could need in the world to succeed. Um, I've also, again, like I said before, this was from talking with some of my friends about this. This is kind of similar to the experiences they had. Mm -hmm. Um, In particular, there were some moments, like, for instance, um, I mentioned earlier that in that scene when her mom finds her drawings she was bringing her food we see that as a common thing her mom's always bringing Malin food and trying to feed her and i've heard that's kind of a way for the way for asian american parents to kind of express their what's the word their love it's like Mm -hmm. a common trope it's like we bring you bring you food keep you well fed sustain all that good stuff um so we see like her expressing her love through that and she never is like I hate my daughter. She's just trying to do her best, but she didn't come from a good background that would give her the ability to succeed and actually let Malin become her own person. 
we see this when Ming Li's mother, um, Meilin's grandmother, comes in. And you see she's, like, the strict parent that's, like, I will beat you if you step out of line kind of vibes. And you can see that's where Ming Li got it from. Like, she didn't have a great role model for this growing up. She's just kind of essentially becoming her mother and working working off of what her mother did and how that kind of made her into her own person and passing that on to um, Mei Lin. Um, and we, there's also some generational trauma stuff in there, which I'll get to in a little bit. Um, but this is also one of those moments where it's like you realize, oh, this is another kind of story about generational trauma and people mm-hmm. passing on their pain that they've been taking with them onto their children without even realizing it. Um, but throughout the movie, um, Ming Li kind of has, starts to realize that, hey, maybe my daughter is, maybe my daughter can kind of succeed on her own and maybe she can become her own person. Especially considering Ming Li didn't get that opportunity. Maybe it's time to let her do that. And she has her own nice character arc, which I really like. Um, so yeah, I think all of the characters in the movie are really fleshed out and they, they feel very real too, which is very nice. Um, definitely not something I can entirely, re- I can relate to. Like I said, I'm, this wasn't my experience. Mm-hmm. But it felt real in its own way, in its own niche. Um, and then into the generational trauma, I'll touch on it a little bit. Um, it's kind of tied into being the Red Panda. The family's essentially cursed to turn to the Red Panda at a certain age. Um, and it's kind of like a response to their emotions. So if they get really emotional, they'll turn into this big Red Panda. And like, to, depending on the person, either go on a rampage or like kind of take control and do their own thing. And it's something that the family doesn't really take kindly to at this point. They're more so trying to fit in with the American culture. So, you know, turning into a red panda doesn't really help there. So it kind of becomes this curse that they can cure to a degree, but it's more kind of like hiding that part of themselves away. Almost literally, they end up, they trap them into like these little jewels that you can see all over various people's bodies. Mm. Um, And it's kind of... We kind of see Maylin like, at first she's kind of with everyone else learning, thinking this is a curse that has afflicted her and it's going to ruin her life. But she slowly kind of figures out, like, hey, maybe this isn't that bad and it's something we need to kind of confront and accept instead of just trying to hide it. And that's what we see her do. We see her explore this, what it's like to be this red panda creature and see her, like, grow to adapt and, like, make it a part of her. And so we see her accept this as it goes on in the movie. And this is something that everyone starts realizing, hey, maybe we should actually confront and talk about this instead of just trying to hide it and keep it inside ourselves. So that's, I I did like how they dealt with that. I thought it was really well handled. Um, And like I said, um, this definitely wasn't a movie made for me, which is fine. Like not every movie should be made for everyone. They're definitely, I like, I actually, what I liked about it a lot was that it was a niche story set in this time. This wasn't like, it's not something everyone's going to relate to. It's not something everyone's going to have experienced. But I, that's what made it interesting and made it unique. It made it something that that stuck out a lot. Um, and it made, like I said, it made it a much richer film-going experience. Um, so overall, pretty good movie. Um, I definitely recommend seeing it. It's on Disney+, Plus, so if you have Disney+, Plus, watch it. You'll definitely have a really good time, like, just learning about these characters learning about like their history and like just embracing this kind of niche movie Hmm. so yeah very good nice well since you took care of the plug this week (laughs) i don't have to 
because yeah. I actually went and saw a movie in the theaters, mm-hmm. and it's pretty fresh on my mind because I just got back from it. Okay. Um, it is called Infinite Storm, and if you watched last week's episode, which will go up before this episode, um, <laughs> you'll know that I was very excited to see this movie um, because it takes place in my home state, and not a lot of movies um, get name dropped, uh, or they don't really name drop New Hampshire very often. So uh, I was very excited for for that. Uh, it's also a like mountain climber type of movie where um, disaster happens and all this other stuff. And I like movies like that for some reason. Um, this movie, though, was not what I expected. Um, I went into this movie thinking it was a... Um, I mean, based on the title, I was thinking it was... Uh, a couple of characters get stranded on a mountain and they're spending the entire movie trying to get off the mountain. And that's not what happened. Um, first of all, I mean, it's, it's a disaster movie, so I I kind of expected it, but the first about 30 minutes of the movie, um, take place on top of Mount Washington or in the white mountains of New Hampshire. And the entire first 30 minutes, almost, is comprised of wind into a microphone. Um, and you can barely hear anything else because all it is, it's just, <laughs> just wind blowing into a microphone is basically all is what's happening. Hmm. Um, as this woman, Pam, uh, she's, uh, you know, trying to rescue this guy. So basically and the other thing too, is this is a true story. Um, this is a, this is a real person, Pam, Pam Bales. And uh, the character John, uh, who never uh, revealed his his name, uh, she just started calling him John, uh, is a real person. And it's a real event that that happened. Um, So at the beginning of the movie, she's getting ready to go up Mount Washington. And she's talking to uh, one of the guys in town that owns like a restaurant or something. And she's getting like hot chocolate from him or something. And she goes, or he's like, I don't like you going up there alone. She's like, well, you could come up with me. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I don't do that anymore. It's, I've done that too long, too long. And she's like, well, you know what day it is. And, um, it, it didn't explain what day it was like the entire movie. You, she just said it was kind of just like a throwaway line. Like, oh, well, you Mm -hmm. know what day it is. And I like the whole movie. I'm like, well, what day is it? Like, no, that's I, I want, you're I right. That's know. like an entire waste. Like, why I, would you put I, that I, line in there if you're not going to go back to it? And so I was like, well, I want to know what day it is. And so she gets to the parking lot of the trail that she's going to hike on, and two hikers come down. They were just camping, and mind you, there's a storm coming. Like everyone, like she's got the news on in the morning. She's when she was talking to that guy, they were like, hey, there's a storm coming. Just be careful out there. Um. And so these two hikers, they were camping, came down off the mountain to leave. And there's a car in the parking lot. And she's like, hey, do you know whose car that is? And they're like, no. She's like, okay. So obviously someone's up there. And she's part of a search and rescue team, which also wasn't explained. I thought she was just hiking to hike. Um, But apparently she's a part of the search and rescue team for that area, uh, which wasn't explained until like halfway through the movie. (laughs) 
So, so she goes up the mountain and she starts seeing um, like footprints in the snow. Uh, and so she starts following the footprints and she looks down and she realized that they're sneakers, they're sneaker prints. So someone's hiking a mountain in sneakers, which is crazy. Like, why would you do that? You need to have proper equipment to go hiking. And so she ends up like falling into a hole. Like, I, I don't know how this hole became a hole, but it was like a 12 foot drop into a hole is it that that tree hole that's in the trailer for this movie the one maybe the tree yeah it's next to a tree because that's the thing that happens um especially i think that was a pine tree right yeah yeah so what happens generally is um in places like that on top of mountaintops when they get a lot of snow um pine trees will kind of have like underneath the pine tree won't fill up with snow they'll just be Mm. a giant pocket of air Hmm. Um, and if it fills it up close enough, I assume the branches will kind of get covered with snow and make it look like there's ground. So that way, when you fall in, you kind of fall in a way where you can't like get yeah. back up. Generally, I know that's how a, that is a way you can die in the wilderness. So a lot of people don't realize. Right. So I thought this movie was going to be like that, and we were going to be trapped in a hole for the next hour and twenty minutes. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, here we go. We're going to get trapped in a hole. And this is how it, this is how the movie's going to go. Cause that's what, that's all I figured. But nope, she got out. Like she got out of the hole and then she's still going. She's still like hiking up the mountain. And then she sees a figure on, um, one of the ridges, uh, of the mountain range. And he's like kind of hunched over arms crossed sitting, like sitting on his, on his feet. Um, and he's just not moving. And he ends up being alive. Uh, she gets him to like kind of come to, and he's wearing shorts and sneakers and like uh, like a long like a long sleeve like flannel shirt. And it's not really something to joke about because I'll get to it later. Um, but he, you know, he ends up surviving, uh, and then she dresses him in proper weather gear, and she starts bringing him down the mountain. And obviously, he's suffering from hypothermia uh, type of symptoms, because he's delusional. Um, He's trying to eat snow. Um, He's trying to remove clothes, which is a very common, uh, you know, diagnosis for hypothermia, is you're trying to, like, remove, because you think you're hot, but you're really not. Um, And so, they're we we spend the next about 45 minutes walking down the mountain um and shenanigans happen and like he falls he falls in a in a, in a river at one point the river's not very wide but it's going very fast and he falls in the river and you know she thinks that he lo- she lost him and she's like super determined to like get him off this mountain like I, I'm not going to say if it were me, I would have been like, all right, you're on your own. Like, if you're not helping, come on. But, you know, she's very determined to get this person down to get him help, which is an admirable trait. But he ends up falling in this river and, she, you know, she thinks she lost him and then she finds him. I don't know how much of the story is exactly true, like from what we see on screen. Like, I don't know if he actually fell in a river there's at one point where they finally get to the road and a truck drives by. I don't know if that actually happened. It could have. I think that the actual person that was involved was actively involved in the production production of this movie. So it could have, because they would have firsthand account accounts. Excuse me. 
but uh, by the end like by the end of the movie i'm sitting there thinking i'm like okay this is going to be some night like m night Shyamalan twist and we're going to go back to the hole in the mountain and she's going to like she's basically going to think this is a dream that's all i thought this was going to be because like she's having hallucinations as she's walking down the mountain because she's freezing so she's like she's having hallucinations about a, a pair of uh what i assumed were her daughters but you didn't see her daughters at the beginning of the film so you're you're like all right she's seeing her kids but they weren't in the original in the movie so something happened with that and then come to find out that didn't happen um we didn't get the whole fever dream mem night Shyamalan twist at the end nope i was just the asshole i guess thinking that that was gonna happen um because that's how i expect movies to go yeah but no it ends up she so she gets back to the parking lot with this guy and it's been on screen she found him at 10 and they got back to their car at like 10 at night which is also not how it happened um because i guess they were only up on the mountain for three to four hours before they got down but they extended oh. that out a bit like in the movie for them for movie sake mm-hmm. which is fine like it's it's movie magic kind of stuff but <laughs> they get back they get back down and she's like i'm gonna start my car so you can get warm and she goes she leans him up against her car and she goes to get into the driver's side she goes to start it and she opens the door to the other door to have him get in next thing you know he's walking towards his own car gets in it starts it and drives away and you're just like so we okay. never find out a motive for why he no was well you do there? you do okay well not so not really because okay. this person has stayed anonymous anonymous for all these years like he never came out with his actual name he never came he never came out about anything else he did come out with why he was up on the mountain and stuff but um I was like in my head and and this apparently actually happened where like he got into his own car and drove off. And it's just like, how did he have his keys? Like, cause she changed your clothes. Where were your keys? (laughs) It's like, cause like she had her keys up underneath the tire. Well, but like, he's not going to think about that because he doesn't go up to the mountains very often. It also feels kind of, dissatisfying too because it's like is this how it ends like no well it's also not how it ended okay so because it feels like a really disappointing ending where it's mm -hmm. like is this it (laughs) in real time apparently like in in real life it took it took him months to actually come out and tell his side of the story Mm -hmm. because nobody knew anything about this except for this woman and then he finally reached out to like her supervisor her the president of her like uh, search and rescue team and was like this is what happened this is this is my story and uh she got some recognition after that but but in the movie time it, it said five days later and it's just like okay, okay. well no, that's not true because it was like months later but no it's like five days later and she's like and so she was on the news she had a reporter who came to her house to try to f- find out the story and then they actually meet up in this diner in this town that she goes to at the beginning and you know he tells her the reason why she's up there is because uh he lost a loved one up there 
the year before and he was um going up to to kill himself mm-hmm. and that's why he went up in like no climbing gear sneakers shorts all that stuff and because of her determination to get him off the mountain she he inspired him to want to live um which is a really good like it's a really good story like it just took a while to get there um which is fine like once you figure it out you're like oh okay and then you actually do figure out that um her kids um passed because uh there was a gas leak in her house and uh she had the window cracked in her room but not in the kids room and they succumbed to their you know um poison gases and stuff so that was i also don't know if that's true because that i i didn't see anything or read anything about that um and then at the end of the movie it says that um she you know continued to you know do search and rescue on mount washington until she went out to the like um more united states national parks and stuff and she raised four kids um after that so i don't know exactly if that's a hundred percent true about her original two daughters it could have been i i I don't know because i didn't see anything about it but i don't know why they would put that in there um or any other reason but yeah the whole the whole thing about the whole story is like like they saved each other up on the mountain because you know he was trying to save her and 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 she was trying to save him that kind of kind of that kind of thing but it was definitely not the movie I was expecting. I was expecting more of like a natural disaster type of thriller. Um, not really a um, emotional story about survival. Yeah, it definitely sounds a lot more intimate than what you originally yeah. thought it was going to be. It, and it was. It, it was. It was definitely, you know, I mean, we talked last week about how um, casts of a movie or uh, movie casts of only like five people or whatever this this was an hour and 30 minutes of two people on a mountain yeah pretty much more revenant than armageddon (laughs) right so um you know it and it you know i was kind of expecting more of a thriller action kind of movie and and that's not what i got which i i I mean it's mount washington in new hampshire it's not everest like i don't know but it does get pretty crazy up there. Like winds can get up to like 160, 170 miles per hour. So um, it's, it's, it was the world record. Mount Washington was actually the world record holder for fastest wind gusts at one point in time um, because of how the, the winds whip around the, the white mountains. So, but no, um, definitely, you know, there was five people in the movie theater, including me when I went and saw it and it came out uh, Friday. So yeah. I'm not sure how it did on the opening weekend but it's not terrible it's Mm -hmm. not great um but if you like that kind of movie i would go watch it so it it almost made a it it made seven seven hundred fifty thousand opening weekend which you know apparently it's gonna like it wasn't available for awards for the oscars which the oscars were this weekend Mm -hmm. i don't know if you want to talk about that but um uh it was apparently it's it can can be up for nomination for next year and a lot of people think that it's going to be no neat maybe we'll see maybe we won't who knows Mm. um but moving on um let's go to everyone's favorite game show after that intimate discussion of pilot wings 
Okay, so for those who don't know, um, Pilot, Pilot Wings is a game show where I pitch Andrew three show log lines. Two of them are real shows that were pitched <coughs> and not potentially made. One of them is something that I made up. And it's up to Andrew to suss out which one is the fake one. Um, so, let's get this started. One. A slightly self-centered female boss at a high-end luxury goods department store who finds her ways challenged when the boss's son comes to town and makes youth and sex the new company focus. Two. What happens when the people you've mourned and buried suddenly appear at your doorstep as if to a day's... Oh my god, as if not a day's gone by. The lives of the people of Arcadia are forever changed when their deceased loved ones return. And three. A soap about the haves and haves-nots of California's most seductive region, Venice. The drama will focus on two rival families and a forbidden and dangerous romance emerging between them as the two families battle for control of Venice. Okay, Andrew, which one do you think is the fake one? Okay, I know for a fact... Mm-hmm. B is real okay. because I've watched this show and if okay. it's not this show um, then it's another show that is very similar to this mm-hmm. um, this show oh no who did it star I'm trying to think of who starred in this show oh my god mm-hmm. hang on I have to find it um, so the the first one seems like maybe it sounds like a lifetime show Mm -hmm. they always sound like lifetime shows Um, anything that has to do with romance or like uh, a man coming in to 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 help the woman's job definitely sounds like um a uh you know what is it uh lifetime Lifetime. show sorry and this show that i'm that i'm thinking of that was b about um loved ones who come back to life um starred omar epps Mm -hmm. and i for i could picture him in my head but i could not actually get it down i'm it got 21 episodes Okay. So if this is this this is what it is, I'm very confident. I'm very very confident that this is what this is, and it was actually not a bad show. I liked the premise, mm-hmm. um, but it got two seasons, I think, then or something. Um, so, but the last one is sticking out to me because the last one about a soap about the haves and have-nots of California's most seductive region, Venice. Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot. Like the SNL skit, the Californians. The Cal okay. With Will, um, not Will, uh, Fred Armisen, mm-hmm. Bill Hader, where they have the goofy Californian accent. They're all blondes. I don't watch too much SNL, so I wouldn't oh, know. Okay, well, it sounds a lot like that. So, mm-hmm. and maybe they made a show that was, and that's what it's spoofing or something. But I'm gonna go with that one as okay. the not real one that one's the fake one We're locked yeah in the sun. yeah well andrew happy april fools uh none of them were fake they were all real all of these movies got made happy oh. april fools day this is that's rude it is rude. <laughs> it's also lazy so <laughs> it's very yes lazy. all of these got made um go I think a two of go them were, a and c go a and c first got, and i'll tell you what i think b is 
Uh, a, okay, so A is, um, this was made, but it was turned into an ABC t- made-for-TV movie that only got one episode or whatever. I, it sounds like or, an ABC family type of Yeah, movie. and then the second one was called West Side. It got a single episode. It was canceled. Oh, my God. <laughs> it didn't even make it past one episode. Okay, so which I B, was B is a show called Resurrection. Yes, that was what it was. Two seasons. I knew that. Yeah, two video. seasons, twenty-one episodes. It wasn't a bad show. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 initial pilot was about a family who lost their eight-year-old to uh, a drowning, oh. and um, he like returns to their doorstep, uh, and it's it's really it's it's kind of a crazy show. And I mm-hmm. and I only reason why I watched it is because Omar Epps was in it, and Omar Epps was like. This was, like, right after House ended, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like, he went off to do something else other than, like, because House was over. And because so, I was really into House. So I was like, oh, cool. Uh, Omar Epps is going to be in this TV show. This looks interesting. I'll watch it. And I did. And I think I only got through, like, the. F- I didn't even watch the whole, the whole show. Like, I think mm-hmm. I watched, the, like, the first season, maybe. And yeah. then that's it. That's but fair. It was, you know, not... I mean cool premise yeah. i mean it's it's gotten more seasons than most of the tv shows that we <laughs> um that we go over which is funny uh, because i'm not particularly picky when i'm looking for these shows it's just that most of the ones i end up on only get like a single season or are canceled yeah. immediately <laughs> it's actually got it got nominated for two awards this Ooh. this show resurrection uh outstanding actor in a drama series for the naacp awards which mm-hmm. is that's highly profiled naacp and then Seoul International Drama Awards, which hmm. is I think that's the North, Korean South Korea, yeah, yeah, it's South Korean. But so, <clears throat> you know, very good. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm glad I, ha- I got to have a lazy week where I could just put all three on there and I didn't even have to try. Lame. Yeah, I know, right? But moving on, let's talk about some of the movies that are going to be coming out in the co- in the coming week. And I don't really have much I want to say on this one. Let's go! We're you finally talk- getting another Marvel movie. Yeah, you got Morbius, but Morbius. Uh, I don't really care for much else on here, honestly. I don't even know what's on here. Um, I'm definitely going to see Morbius this weekend. Yeah, um, Because I always go see the Marvel movies opening weekend. It's just what I do. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to go alone either, and like no one else has any openings other than Saturday, so I have to wait like two days, which mm-hmm. is a, it's not a good thing for me because I don't like being spoiled. Fair, but um, there's nothing on here. Yeah, I guess yeah. there's nothing on. Not here. really interested. In the coming weeks, I'll have stuff I'll be seeing. Like, oh I yeah, think, of course. I think next week is Sonic. Yes, yep. next week is Sonic. And so I'm gonna movie survivors and Cow, which is also very exciting. But that probably won't be in theaters, unfortunately. Um, but if it is, I'll see it. But yeah, that, there's going to be stuff for me to see after this. But this week, no, watch, it's just kind of Watch dead. that be in theater. No, there's I would definitely, be so hyped. <laughs> there's definitely something every weekend of April yeah. that I want to see. Oh, April's, there's another... April's the start of the good times. <laughs> hey, there's another Liam Neeson uh, oh, Assassin God. for Hire movie coming out at the end of April. Well, that's something for you to look forward to. <laughs> Check out again. It's a remake of a Belgian film. <laughs> it's like something I would find oh, on Pilot Wings. <laughs> <laughs> the, pro- right. the belgian format gets one season canceled um okay yeah i don't have much to say so i'm I'm just gonna move on to the closing oh, um, what the hell oh what is it there's a horror movie coming out at the mm-hmm. end of april called hatching 
A like young gymnast. The movie? Yeah, like the book, a, I mean? Oh, I don't know if it's a book. It's a horror movie. The is, book, the, is the book a horror movie? No, the book's about a young boy. Well, kind of. It's about a young boy who gets into a plane crash and has to survive in the wilderness. No, this is not what that is. Okay. Um, a young gymnast who tries desperately to please, please her mo- demanding mother discovers a strange egg. She hides it and keeps it warm, but when it hatches, what emerges shocks them all. Weird. Hatching. Oh, hatching. I thought you said hatchet. No, hatching. Okay. Like an egg. Gotcha. Well, maybe that'll... Eh, I don't know. <laughs> There'll probably be something better out that weekend for me to see. There is not. Okay. Well, yeah, let's... Well, who knows? That's the weekly and Nisa movies coming out. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> let's, move it, let's move into our closing. Andrew, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, nope. <laughs> you finally give it up <laughs> no it'll happen eventually and i'll plug it then <laughs> when it actually happens um yeah. let's see what do i plug? i don't know i'll just plug seeing my movie again just go see go see turning red it was pretty it was pretty good solid movie from a wonderful streaming platform that i want to sponsor i want to sponsored by and on just that one note we just want we just, just want one of them just a single sponsor yeah um, and on that note um we'll we'll close out here um thank you for watching the filmmaker's basement i'm brandon I'm Andrew. And we will see you guys next time. Goodbye.